Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Well, a beautiful afternoon game of football now and it looks as though we have the makings of it. Barnes has come in. Oh, a fine goal by John Barnes. Welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast. After yet another away win for the Hornets, this time 2-1 at Queen's Park Rangers, we're in Derby Delight. If you can even call it a derby. I mean, a lot of people don't agree with that. I'm joined by Tom Burdell. Jordan is off sick currently. Jordan, get well soon. Tom, is it a derby? Queen's Park Rangers? Derby is a derby, but... It's a rivalry, isn't it? I certainly remember when I was at school, I had a few QPR supporting mates, so it was always one that kind of felt more personal, um, particularly because at that point, Luton weren't in the same division as us, so you needed someone. You've always got to have someone to dislike and, and want to get one over, and, and we hadn't quite got to the point of rivalry with Bournemouth at that stage, or, or Crystal Palace. Um, so, yeah, it always feels like it's got something extra riding on it, doesn't it? Yeah, I know that they consider us as a, a nearby club that they want to get one over but we're not their particular rivals either are we i think qpr are more rivals with brentford is that right or that's it brentford's their main one they yeah. don't really like chelsea but often not in the same division as those two either so we're it's a marriage of convenience mm. well anyway uh i tell you what if you looked at the, the little sheets that come out of all the stats after this one and you didn't know the major stat the scoreline you wouldn't have thought it was Watford that won this one, would you? No, certainly not. It's one of those ones where you go, well, we've won, and as we just said, it's a rival, and we've done the double over them now, so happy days, thumbs up, move on. But as you scratch beneath the surface, and that's what we're obviously going to do over the duration of this pod, I think there's an aspect of getting away with it a little bit. Yeah, I feel um, like that, yeah. Their XG was 1.67, ours was 0.38. Hardly surprising when you consider the only two shots on target we had were the Jake Livermore goals, and one was an absolute screamer, and one was a pretty good finish from a similarly kind of far out position. So, yeah, not surprising they didn't carry a huge amount of value, but I guess the point is that we threw our bodies on the line quite literally on a couple of occasions I said occasions weirdly there didn't I um, <laughs> and Ben Hamer made a couple of good saves 
and that's becoming a trend. Mm. And, and we we got the job done, which you know, as we say most weeks now, uh, we wouldn't have done last season or in, in recent seasons. So it depends if you're a glass half full or a glass half empty kind of person how you look at that one. Yeah, yeah, getting the job done, and on to the next one. Let's look at Reece Healy, shall we? It was his first league start. Um, a lot of people have been pushing this for a little while. He's had little moments where he's done really well, but not really had enough time for anyone to particularly say, I'm not sure if he could do it or he can do it, or we think he can, but we haven't seen it. This was his opportunity. He's had previous chances in the cup against different types of opposition playing in different sort of styles. This was the sort of way that we normally play. Reese Healy in. Did he perform? Did he merit another start? Yeah, I don't think he did badly. I think you have to say in the performance and in the team, he didn't get the opportunity to do the thing that you kind of measure strikers on, which is to have chances, have shots, have goals, score Mm. goals. Um, Didn't have a single touch in the opponent's box. But I think he did a lot of the other stuff around that quite well and I guess this is the paradox of our strikers isn't it you've got the ones that do the stuff around the box quite well and don't score and then you've got the one that scores but as we know doesn't do the other stuff particularly well Um, Reese Healy did quite well in terms of the defensive side one of four of his five uh, or successfully and I should say four of his five defensive actions one interception, you know, worked hard from the front, recovered the ball five times. Three of those times were in QPR's half. Eight of nine passes, so not heavily involved, but, you know, used the ball well when he got it. And obviously played a part in the second goal as well. You know, not a huge part, but it's him that uh, sort of rescues the ball when it's in the danger of breaking down over on that left-hand byline, pops it back to Martins, and we obviously know what happens when he gives it to Jake Livermore so you know he, he did a decent job and considering this was only his second start in forever since the cup I mean I think the unilateral feeling was that he was poor against Chesterfield and looked short of match sharpness obviously went off with two lots of cramp I don't think he did too badly yeah he he didn't do the important thing which is score obviously um that job fell to somebody who Hmm. To be honest, we, no one expected to uh, to be to be pulling out the uh, the shots that he did. But my goodness, Jake Livermore, two absolute beauties. Who knew that he had that in him, Tom? Well, certainly not me. And his last goal was against Bristol City. Um, certainly, it was just sort of on the line. He just kind of bundled it home. So he scored from considerably further out than we've seen him do before. Don't think he's ever been known as a goal-scoring, chance-creating kind of midfielder. So, yeah, very much out of the blue. But, I mean, the confidence he must have got from scoring the first one. I suspect he doesn't score the second if he doesn't score the first. Um Hell of a hell of a finish for the first one, and the second one wasn't wasn't bad either. Um, I think, obviously, we as I mentioned a minute ago, the those are the only two shots on target we had in the game, and so that's not something you want to repeat. And I don't think you can expect Jake Livermore to be popping up with those often, or even again this season. I think he'd have <laughs> overachieved in that in that respect. But no, what a 
pair of goals and I think to be honest there needs to be some recognition for his performance overall I thought I'm pretty sure he was named Sky Man of the Match and mm, they usually he was. do just give it he to was. yeah they usually do just give it to the, the scorers but I think if you disregard that he was really good overall you know he did all the things that we've come to expect of him and come to appreciate of him and I think it wasn't a coincidence that a lot of QPR's best moves and kind of big threat came down the flanks because they weren't really creating a lot through the middle Sinclair Armstrong's got a lot of coverage and he was obviously very dangerous and looks like a prospect but you know his best work was done out wide Um, so yeah Jalen Moore was excellent and and to be honest you continues a theme of him being excellent I pulled up his stats this, this season he has managed more interceptions than any other midfielder that's categorised as a defensive midfielder um, according to Scout, he's third for um, successful and attempted defensive actions so that's anything that kind of falls under that category Okay. he's won more loose ball duels than anyone third for ball recoveries but even so amongst defensive midfielders he's quite progressive as well um, passing fourth amongst all defensive midfielders attempted and completed third amongst defensive midfielders for final third passes attempted and completed so yeah I, I don't think you can argue with that and, and kind of marry that up with the eye test he's been excellent and to be honest with you the sort of redemption arc he's been on in that he was written off from the word go mm. I think there's half an argument to say that he could be in the running for the player of the season award if he keeps this up between now and the end of the season and someone else doesn't blow him out of the water come out of nowhere yeah as, as far as consistency is concerned and also the just the real leadership that he brings to the team I, I think you've got a good yeah. good argument there Tom he, he, he could certainly be in the contest I love it the way he celebrates as well he 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 popped he popped that first one away that fantastic goal that most players on the pitch would be absolutely delighted with and just sort of shrugged his shoulders like yep I'll do that yeah I know I I loved it I like to think that's how I'd celebrate if I was a (laughs) kind of holding midfielder that just banged one in from 20 plus yards Uh, I suspect I wouldn't I suspect I'd be shirt off knee slide giving it the big ends to the QPR fans I think I would Um, be too (laughs) but yeah it was just a touch of class really wasn't it and you know this is a guy who's played a decent amount of Premier League football, mm. was in a few England squads, I think. Certainly been capped by England, even if it's only once. So, Yeah, he was know. he was a midfielder around the same time that England had a lot of good midfielders, right? So Definitely. It was yeah. probably quite difficult for him to get into the, the squad on a consistent run. But, he, you know, he, he was in there, certainly. Yeah. And people yeah. made a lot of his age when he joined. And he's not winning any awards for kind of being a sexy signing. But this is a guy who has largely been available throughout his career played a lot of football last season was a bit of a fallow year for him in that he only made uh, 10 championship starts so he's already exceeded that number but prior to that 37 okay year before that he was injured 15 but 43 36 30 you know this is exactly what you want really so no, he's been a, a great pickup. It's just a shame we got him at 34 because I guess his, his lifespan at this point as a player, not as a human, um, <laughs> isn't, isn't as long as we might like. Yeah. Is there, is there any argument to say that he should be retained for next season, Tom? His contract is running out at the end of this one, right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you necessarily want him to play every week at 35 because they're clearly already trying to manage his minutes and, and that was 
presumably the reason he came off. It certainly wasn't his performance. Mm. Was it Schmeer wrong um, to bring him off? Because it sort of fell apart once he came off, didn't it? It did, didn't it? And there's that's kind of, is it a hindsight thing, isn't it? Say, oh, well, we got the benefit of knowing that. But to be honest with you, I know, as having just said, they're trying to manage his minutes. He's someone I would leave on whenever I possibly could. And if we're winning 4-0, great. Off you hop. But 2-0 up. A way to keep you off? No, I'd, I'd have left him on, I think, to be honest with you. Until yeah, because he went to a back three, time. didn't he? And it didn't it didn't really solidify the defence, which is what it was meant to do. Yeah, that's it. I, I, I get it, but there is always the counter-argument that you're inviting more pressure on. You know, you sit deeper, you put more men further back, you say, don't go and engage, don't press. So you give them the space to play in front of you, and then they put balls in the box, which is exactly how their goal came about. Um, and they had a few other opportunities off long throws and stuff and putting crosses in. I'd like to think, maybe, if I was a manager, I wouldn't take that approach. But there's a reason so many managers do. Certainly when I used to cover Barnet, guarantee if they were winning a narrow game at home, Martin Allen would bring on another centre-half and they'd sit deep and they, every time they got a throw on, they try and they had a long thrower and they try and heft it up the line um, and, and buy yards like those, you know, like it was rugby. So I guess that's how you win games. But as supporters, I think we'd always like to see a more front foot approach, wouldn't we? Yeah. But they, well, they, they got the, the, the goal back. It was a Smith who came on and he was actually quite devastatingly good once he came on, put the ball in. It got a bit of a... a you know, sort of a nick, to be honest, it sort of took it into the air and it was, you know, it was it was always going to be a difficult one to defend once it was sort of around where it was and it was put in by, uh, was it Dykes who scored? Yeah, Lyndon Dykes. Yeah, but then uh, they kept pressing and to be fair, in a lot of games that, that I'm sure you've seen and I've seen, Tom, that game ends up as a draw. Yeah. Were it not for a fantastic save from Ben Hamer to yeah. basically win us the two points and, and, uh, and, you know, take it home with a win because, you know, that kind of game had draw written all over it when, once they uh, they moved to the shape they did and they started bombarding us with efforts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As a QPR fan, you'd come away 16 shots, seven on target, 56% of the possession, um, thinking, how the hell do we not win that? You know, <laughs> we struggled to get out our own half at times, particularly in the first half. But Ben Hamer, again, excellent save. He made a couple of kind of smart saves where he came charging out and uh, made a block got down low you know in the weather in the kind of knees and the studs are, are flying yeah he's been really really good and, and it's not to say that Dan Backman wouldn't have made those saves but I think he's overachieved against the expectation when you consider he was signed as a non-playing third goalkeeper and the only time we saw him last season was against Coventry where he looked ring rusty um, but he's playing well breeds confidence I think certainly appears that way with those in front of him so he's been excellent and I yeah. think I don't know what his contract situation is I presume they've only given him a two year deal when they signed him so he probably is deserving of another year on, on this form yeah if I was his uh, agent I'd be going in and saying we need to look at the terms of this because this is uh, the terms that we signed for a, a backup goalkeeper and this guy's like winning you games here I think we could probably squeeze some more money out of you and I probably wouldn't be against that but look I mean even though he's been doing really well and it's, it's a bit similar to the um, to the Jake Livermore situation I want them both involved next season but I don't necessarily want them as starters I want people yeah. younger guys coming in and replacing them because 
you need the next cab up on the rank, don't you? Otherwise, you're not going to you're not going to go anywhere because these guys have a lifespan, like you said, and they're basically at the end of it. We can definitely milk a bit more out of them but you know it's maybe it's a bit different for Hamer although he is he's 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 the top end of the 30s isn't he he's 36 is he so keepers don't tend to go on beyond sort of 38 ish yeah he's older than I realized I must admit yeah I've got to say it makes me feel very happy that the two players on the pitch that did the business for us are Mm. my age or or a bit older so uh, I was very happy with that makes me think that I can still do it (laughs) yeah absolutely no you're right he's 36 which kind of passed me by I think the thing is in the summer that with the goalkeeping situation assuming Dan Backman is still here there will be a bit of a reset I suspect and right you know it's a competition now number one jersey's up for grabs go out and earn it and you know everybody starts on even footing last season was last season it's ancient history and I think that's the right approach to take equally they could get rid of everybody and sign a new number one and say right you're the number one knock yourself out but I, I don't think it's a given or even particularly likely that Ben Hamel will start next season as number one you, you you need somebody else, don't you, to come in and, 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 and if you're going to get someone, you might as well go for somebody who's probably to be number one, really. Yeah. But that does mean that Backman leaves, doesn't it? Backman doesn't stay around to be a number two, I don't think. No, Not I, at this I, stage I don't his career. think so. No, I think Hamer probably does. I think Hamer does. Yeah, Hamer, I think, would be perfectly happy. Well, not perfectly happy, given he's going to have spent a chunk of this season being number one. But I think it would be an easier sell to him at his age and at this stage of his career than it would be to Batman, who presumably wants to be a number one, wants to play for Austria regularly. And, you know, having been given the number one shirt at long last, made captain, signed the long-term contract, would have expected that. So, yeah, if they're going to make a change there, you would have to assume it would only be with Batman leaving. Mm-hmm. Although, to be fair, we're talking about this like, uh, you know, like the Potters are going to make signings I don't know. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be signings. Yeah, you think so? In the summer. In the summer. Not okay, now, just caveat. In the summer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, well, let's give some more love uh, out there because uh, it needs to be given. Georgie Chakvatatsi, he's, he's had to wait for a little while, hasn't he, to, to get his chance. But he's been really, really good of late. Let's talk about what he did positively in that game and in general over the last few games because, you know, he was one of the better players on the pitch for us on Sunday. Yeah. No, he was very good. I don't know if it's just his running style or the fact that he's quite small, but he always looks like he covers a lot of ground and gets through a lot of work more than you might expect for someone that we thought was going to be kind of a big part of the puzzle from an attacking point of view and it hasn't obviously quite worked out like that but he won he was successful I should say with 12 or 15 defensive actions at QPR which puts him right up there and obviously one of those um, was quite an important intervention when QPR had a chance it was uh, Sinclair Armstrong wasn't it kind of got the better of Ryan Andrews Hamer blocked and Chakvatadze was the one in there to whack it away and you wouldn't necessarily associate that with him especially with someone his size and frame Um, but he's also when he gets on the ball a really good user of the ball I think as well he tries to be positive he's good in tight spaces if I stop and close my eyes and think about what he's doing it's usually kind of taking the ball out of a tight space under pressure you know he's got that kind of 
press resistance. Um, so for someone who we didn't see a vast amount of in the first half of the season, he's really kind of timed his run into the first team well when uh, Kayembe's away and, and now injured. And um, Ismail Kone obviously missed out on the start on Sunday because of illness so yeah he's been really really good and I think ahead of January you'd have said what's more likely him becoming a key part of this team or him leaving I mean his loan cut short I think you'd have said the latter Um, but it's another example of Ishmael kind of seemingly at least handling a player perfectly and, and getting the best out of them Mm. This whole season's been unexpected, hasn't it, Tom? Mate, everything about this season has been unexpected, (laughs) hasn't it? I wrote a piece right at the start of the season saying, you know, all this kind of pontificating, predicting, saying we're going to be this, saying we're going to be that. Nobody knows. There's so much change. New head coach. We had Ben Manger at that point. So many players left. Few players in, a lot of whom that were kind of unknowns. Um... So everything about this season has been unexpected. But yeah, if you'd have said Hamer's going to be number one, Chuck Fatadze, uh, Kone, Kayembe are all going to be really important. Livermore's going to be important. Uh, James Morris is going to play a lot of football. Mm. I think, you know, all of these things have been surprised. Yeah, and Imran Luzer, the man everyone had pegged to be the most important uh, player for us this season, hardly featuring, a bit grumpy on the sidelines. And then shipped off to Lorien on loan without an option as well to be honest yeah and that and that bit was the biggest surprise for me I don't know how much will change in six months I guess anything is possible well his stock his stock could rise if he does well there and that's it he could um but my thinking is is that loan to get him in the window or is that loan to just get him out of out here and getting playing some football for the time being with a, a blank slate for the summer. I, d- I don't know. It's it's an interesting one, but I think it says how highly Ishmael evidently thinks of the midfield options that we've got. That someone who is in the leadership group and, as you say, we expected to be kind of one of the most important players is is able to go off on loan. There's no benefit apart from just getting rid of to us. Sorry, apart from just getting him off the wage bill. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised that. There's no option at the very least to, to make that one happen. But also, it's worth saying, Lorient are bottom of Ligue 1. So, you know, he's not going to go into a winning team. Is that a kind of uh, environment that he's going to thrive in? I think we've seen that he is someone who needs it to be going well and to get his own way a little bit to, to really flourish. So it'll be interesting to see if that works. But I think it's probably for the best that he's elsewhere for a little while. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, I hope he has a good time out there. I hope he does well. I hope he starts enjoying his football and he comes back and that it works out for him. But um, you'd think if Ishmael's still in charge that there might still be that confrontation and um, it doesn't, no. doesn't look like Ishmael's going anywhere, does it? So, you know. Not unless something really bad happens in the remainder of the season. No, exactly. That. And that's why I think, you know, is it about just getting him out, get out from under Ishmael's feet almost? Mm. Um, because there, clearly something has gone on there, hasn't it? I don't think it's purely performance levels. With him gone, with Kayembe injured currently, not known uh, when his return date is, uh, unfortunate for him on a side note that he didn't uh, manage to compete in the Africa Cup of Nations. I'm sure he was really looking forward to that, but good to have him back in the building at least, um, but not able to play. That's us with two midfielders down. Do we need to look to add at least at least bringing in a lone player to, to help us um, you know, in the interim, Tom? Yeah, I would be tempted because you've now got um, a little bit of lightness there, I think, haven't you? If we say it's Livermore, Kone, Chatvatadze, Tom Delimashiru, that's it. And then when Kayembe's back, five. I think when we consider we'd ordinarily play three, I would like one more in there if we say that Sierra Alte is a kind of emergency option. Um, yeah. It's not the highest priority unless we can get somebody who's going to come in and, and start every week and kind of push someone else down the pecking order. But I do feel like we're a, a tad light in there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What sort of, would you like a, a replacement for what loser brings? Like a number six, basically? Yeah. It's funny because on the face of it, you would say that, but I think the guys that we've got are all kind of in that, vaguely in that brand, at least that bracket, at least of being quite energetic kind of number eights. It's still that base of midfield, break the play up, control the play, player like Jake Livermore that I, st- I think we need. So someone that could do that job would be my preference in terms of a role. Okay. Possibly the uh, the lad at Udinese currently, or do you think that won't happen? Well, is this um, Kamara? Kamara, yeah. Yeah, I must admit, I've not seen him play, but by all accounts, he was very, very good last season, wasn't he, for Huddersfield? Mm. Um, you do wonder if that would be one and probably loan him in so we're not committing to another contract permanently while uh, losers away. So, yeah, that, that could probably make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, continuing with the outgoings, Mlesarajevic has been linked with a move to Ipswich Town. Um, a, a move that was met with a lot of Watford fans as a kind of, oh, please don't take him. Please, please don't take him, mm, Mr. Ipswich. Me included. 
Uh, it was, uh, I don't know, a bit peculiar, though, isn't it? Because we were quite light in the attacking uh, area at the moment. And, I mean, do we really want to lose someone who, even though we all know he's not the player that we wanted, he is still picking up goals. And sometimes it's hard to find a striker that can do that. So is it is it the right call right. To, to be pleased totally about this link? My thinking is that unless one moves out, then one isn't going to come in. We've got three strikers him, Healy and Vakumbayo. So if we move him out, then there might be a chance we bring someone in because even playing one up front, I think you need three in the squad. So that's my thinking. Um, I'm not going to be unhappy if he stays though. You know, it's not a case of God, get him out, get him out, get him out. But his stock is never, or is unlikely to ever be this high or higher again, I think, isn't it? When you look at his goal ratio and whatnot. Mm. So... Yeah, it's a it's a funny one. Also, think if the story's out there, and I think it was a fairly reliable source, wasn't it? Was it um, one of the guys from the Telegraph who often gets Watford's story? I'm really struggling to think of his name, but he will come to me. Um, you know, if if it's out there and there's some credibility to it, then it's probably because there's interest, and there's probably if there's interest, it's probably because we might entertain it so yeah I, I don't have a strongly entrenched view either way um but if the money's right i've always said that our best bet is to sell him to saudi arabia and reinvest it in a striker who can do a bit more so this is the next best thing do you think it's surprising that Ipswich are interested yeah definitely because if you'd watched him i don't know what you would see apart from the goal return that would make you think yes we need to spend you know seven figures on him we paid one million ish maybe a, a touch more didn't we uh you know we're going to want we're going to want to get that back at the very least if not make a profit and Ipswich have got a few quid not you know not kind of crazy money but they do spend money on the right sort of player they spent a million or so on George Hurst before he uh became got injured didn't he and, that, and that's the reason they're um they're looking for another striker because he's out long term so they want to obviously a very particular striker and I guess they're looking at Sam Gallagher aren't they yeah that's it who's another quite tall striker but yeah I'm a little bit surprised I must have missed that kind of came out of the blue Mm. okay then Um, how about some incomings Uh, there's not been a lot of noise uh, and and Gianluca Nani actually revealed in the Watford Observer article that uh, they're not looking to do too much business in January Watford you can't call it a new signing. Well, you absolutely can't call it a new signing, but it's it's going to feel like one because Quadro Barra has returned to Watford, um, albeit with an injury, uh, much like the way that every Watford player returning to us at the moment is is coming in. Um, but he was doing very well uh, with Burton when he was there. They really enjoyed watching him and um, he might be able to help us this season. Yeah, I don't know if he will. <laughs> no, you because, don't think so? Well, only, only because the wording of the Burton Albion stage says um, the injured player will now return to his club and you know it's a mutual agreement to end it early he played fairly regularly hadn't he which makes me think that if he is coming back and they agree to it having played early but he's injured that he's not going to be available anytime soon don't know that I don't know what the injury is hamstring Um, is the injury hamstring right okay but you know 20 appearances 14 starts 1200 minutes you know it's it's not like he's gone there on a season long loan barely kicked the ball and they said oh yeah have him back so we can park him elsewhere so 
Yeah, I just wonder if that's an injury that it's just a case of getting him back in our system, under our care, day-to-day, and he'll be good to go for next season. Could be wrong, but that's just my reading between the lines. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Bristol City up next, then. They absolutely smashed us uh, last time we met on Boxing Day. Um, A bit of revenge is what we would like, but uh, we may get more of the same again. They seem to really have our number when we we met them. What What do you think we can expect well yeah they've not won in four since uh one of those in the cup and they've only scored once in that time so maybe they used up all their goals against us <laughs> um no they're i think they're a decent side and liam manning is kind of getting his fingerprints on things and making his mark on things i see they've loaned out andy wyman this month who obviously as well as being an ex Watford player mm. um Played a lot for them prior to this kind of period, scored a lot of goals, was captain, I think, at one point. So, you know, I think that's a case of Liam Manning kind of stamping his mark on things and and kind of doing what he wants to do. But look, they're still kind of mid-table at the end of the day. They're not some superpower just because they... They beat us. I think that's a bit of a freak result in the scheme of things. Most of their wins are by the odd goal um, or have been by the odd goal. And, and you know, that little run of three wins in December was a bit of an outlier because it's been sandwiched by four game winless runs. They play tomorrow night in the FA Cup against West Ham at home. So that conceivably is another game without a win. But they looked good against us. Whether that was because we made them look good or not, I don't know. Um Certainly since uh, Liam Manning's come in, I think they've improved in kind of quite a few areas. But in that time, their XG is only good enough for 16th. Their post-shot XG... uh, Sorry, XG conceded is is good enough for 8th. So, you know, defensive improvements, but obviously need to score more goals. So, yeah, I think given our away form, which is very impressive and we have now won as many games this season on the road as we did in the whole of last season and only Southampton are on a longer unbeaten away streak than us we're on five games they're on nine we should go there with confidence nice we're currently a point away from the playoffs at the moment battling with the likes of Sunderland Coventry and Hull City over there as well and and so are Middlesbrough but we're there or thereabouts at the minute it's it's a good run that we're managing to keep up it's a, a a difficult run of fixtures though coming up for us Southampton and the FA Cup we then have a pretty reasonable one against Sheffield Wednesday but then it's yeah back but to they've, they've improved ones. you know they're a lot better than they were when we beat them right at the start of our improved run aren't they you know they've won three of their last four they've bopped uh, Cardiff in the FA Cup beat Preston beat Hull you know they're not going to roll over in the way they did previously Cardiff are kind of against all expectations um, massively kind of improved on the start of the season and they're in that little clutch of teams only a few points outside the playoffs now so yeah it's, it's definitely it's not an easy run and then obviously in, in the midst of all that we've then got Leicester at home so they're uh, down a few players because of AFCON aren't they mm. And I see that um, Enzo Mariska said this week, I think it was, that they can't really do any business this month to replace them. So maybe it's a good time to be playing them, depending on how far 
um, those guys at AFCON who go how, how deep they go in the tournament. Yeah, good point. Okay, then. Um, I think that's us pretty much done for this week. We'll be back after the Bristol City game to discuss that one. Tom, any last thoughts? Uh, no, only that I wish Jordan the best and hope that he is back on the pod soon so that I can be lazy. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we all miss him. He'll be back soon. He'll be back soon. All right, then. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, Weather Watford Bod. You can find us uh, on Twitter. You can give us a review. Uh, if you haven't done so, please do, because it really helps other people find us. Um, the way you do that is just go to Apple Podcasts, uh, go down to the bottom and, and just give us a review out of five and, and leave a little uh, something as well. We can um, read it out on the on the pod and uh, and tell everyone your name and, 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 and your thoughts on, on how we do. All right, then. We'll see you next time. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye. Goodbye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>